Hi, I'm Jerry. And I'm Jess. Welcome to Waiting to Download, a podcast about race and gender in tech. This podcast was created by and for Christian women of color. This podcast is intended to equip and empower women of color to have open and honest conversations about the elephant in the room. This podcast is also for those who are new to or considering a career in a STEM field, from those who've experienced life on the inside. Though STEM careers can be financially rewarding, there are often barriers to entry and hurdles to promotion, especially for women of color. We want you, our listeners, to successfully navigate the murky waters of tech by taking you through the ins and outs, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We take a deep dive into inequalities, biases, and injustices that we've experienced firsthand and have been waiting to download. We pray that you will use what we share to avoid the not-so-obvious pitfalls and thrive in your career. Join us as we share a compilation of stories to decode the bro culture that's so prevalent in tech. Okay, let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our first episode. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Jeff. Hey, today we'll be talking about you're in corporate America. Now what? To help us get to know Jerry a little bit better, I want to ask her a few questions. So, Jerry, can you share a little bit about your background, where you come from, who you are? Absolutely, Jess. I grew up in the city of Detroit, on the east side of uh, Detroit. I have three sisters, one brother. I attended Detroit public schools up until 10th grade. I actually won a scholarship to attend a private school for the last two years in Bloomfield Hills. From there, I went on to attend GMI Engineering and Management Institute, where I majored in electrical engineering. I worked in several different industries uh, from academia, um, the automotive industry, tech, and legal. Okay. And um, from those experiences, uh, we promise our listeners that we talk about the good and the bad and the ugly here. Can you share a little bit about what were some of the, the good things you experienced, some of the bad things you experienced, and the ugly things you experienced while you were in all those places? Sure. So let's start with General Motors. I was an electrical engineering co-op student where I was supposed to learn concepts of electrical engineering as it applied to um, the automotive industry. Can't say that that actually happened. (laughs) Oftentimes the program just seemed really I don't know, just not very well organized. And so I oftentimes made up projects for myself. I was able to teach myself CAD and Lotus, yeah, Lotus 1, 2, 3 at the time because I, I was walking back and forth in the plant. Mm-hmm. And in the, um, the paint department, it was very, very intricate. And so I ended up drawing it out just because, you know, I'm a very visual person. Mm -hmm. I took that drawing and, you know, I went up to the room where the CAD guys were and I had them show me a thing or two. And then next thing you knew, I had a plant. Oh, wow. uh, Sorry, uh, a drawing of the paint shop and the entire paint process. And they actually went on to actually use that. Hmm. So in terms of the good, I'd say, you know, there was some autonomy there. I could uh, pretty much direct my own learning. 
Mm-hmm. I was fresh out of high school, so I didn't know what that should look like. But, uh, you know, it was not very structured. And so, you know, there wasn't the set program that I had to follow. Mm-hmm. In terms of the bad, there was not a set program to follow. <laughs> so that was both good and bad. That was yeah. good and bad. Because I was fresh out of high school. I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I should be learning. I didn't know how what I learned in the plant would translate to what I learned in school and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about forming relationships. I didn't know about networking. I didn't know the importance of having a mentor and having a sponsor. I didn't know, again, how to network. I didn't know how rewards were decided. I didn't know how reviews happened. There was just so much that I didn't know. And I didn't go on to work for them full time. So, you know, there was still that Mm -hmm. lacking in my development and in my knowledge. The ugly. So I didn't, again, I didn't know anything about forming relationships, uh, networking or anything of that nature. What I did know, and it was partly from high school, partly from college, I I learned very early on code switching, Mm -hmm. you know, in in front of certain people, I had to speak a certain way. Mm -hmm. And in front of others, I could just be who I was naturally at home. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I tended to gravitate toward those I wanted to, you know, that looked like me so that, Mm -hmm. because I'd like feeling comfortable. Other people of color. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I I wanted that. I needed that because, uh, you know, oftentimes, even in high school, I'd be the only person of color in my classroom. Um, And that was really new and very uncomfortable for me. So again, those were the things that, you know, were really lacking in my development. Did anything happen in high school as far as um, being the only one in the room and some of your experiences being a color even back then? Oh, absolutely. I'll never forget. I was in a history class and the professor asked the class, when people see you, what do they see first? Do they Hmm. see your race or your gender? Everybody, you know, all the women in the room, the Caucasian women in the room, your gender, your gender. <laughs> and I mean, I was quiet the entire time because I was very introverted and again, very uncomfortable mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in that environment. And I said, <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like, and it was like they saw me for the first time. It was huh. like all had swung my way, like, who planted her here? Where'd she come from? You know? <laughs> was she here before? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, I, 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 even in high school, I, I tended to gravitate toward. The other people of color, because they're the minority. Exactly. Very much so. Uh, Fast forward to, let's say after that, I worked in academia. Um, Again, only person of color. No, there were were two others. Uh, But, you know, it was, you know, a lot of conversations that were had behind closed doors and decisions that were made about your future and, you know, would you get a raise? Would you get a bonus? Would you, you know, be promoted? Um, Didn't really have insight into how that worked. Mm -hmm. After that, I worked at a large law firm Mm -hmm. in Detroit. Uh, No, prior to that, I I worked actually as a recruiter. Mm -hmm. Because I'd gone to school for engineering, I was very, and worked in 
you know, the automotive industry. I was very familiar with the things that the electrical engineers did, the industrial engineers did, and I could speak their language. And so I was brought on to help uh, recruit them. That role was expanded. And, you know, we moved on from just placing engineers to placing engineers and tech people. Well, in that role, I found my next job, which was um, an application specialist at a law firm. While there, I managed to pick up some skills because I guess for me, uh, maybe I got bored easily. And so I'd start, you know, reading and researching and, and, and trying to make sure I learned something that I could use in my next role or, you know, mm-hmm. expand my knowledge somehow, somewhere. Because again, you don't know what you will need later on, but I didn't, I made sure I didn't become complacent. I may mm-hmm. have gotten bored, but that boredom led me to... To learn more. Exactly. Yeah. And being more curious. And being more curious. As opposed to complacent. Yeah. So... At the law firm, I learned SQL Server. I learned um, networking, NT. At the time, I learned Novell. And I was able to, and and I also started learning about project management. Okay. And I was able to use that knowledge to get a role at Microsoft. Okay. And so I literally, sight unseen, moved to Washington State. By myself, you didn't know. It was did rainy. not know a soul. <laughs> had never visited. Oh my god! It was like I threw a dart at the map and say, "Okay, I'm going there." So, you know, I was there six months and uh, as a contractor. Okay. And then I was hired full time. I stayed in that group probably five and a half, six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six years I think. And then I moved over to the legal group where I worked as a patent analyst. I learned about patents and, you know, validating uh, claims, invalidating patents, claim charting, you know, just all the the legalese. They, you, know, mm-hmm. you had to come with the technical knowledge and they would teach you the legal. So I did that. And from there, my position was eliminated in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, After how many years there? 11. Okay. Yeah. So uh, in, in, uh, in keeping with our format, the good was that, you know, I wasn't, necessi- I wasn't necessarily pigeonholed. Um, I could, you know, they made it so that you could interview or do what was called an interview, mm-hmm. which was informal, where you go, you learn, you meet the, uh, the hiring manager, you learn about the role and things of that nature. The bad, or really the ugly, is that oftentimes, the managers would have to interview a minority candidate or diversity candidate. Mm. They may have no intention on hiring you. Or a value for it, right? It was just a checkbox. Exactly. It was absolutely a checkbox. Mm. So uh, the bad, I'd have to say, was um, the way the the rewards were decided back then. There Mm -hmm. was a system of stack ranking. They say that it's gone now. That hasn't been my experience. I think it's just, you know, repackaged (laughs) exactly with the new name. I have no way of proving that. But um, back then, you know, a certain percentage of the people had to get, you know, fall within buckets. And they had 
achieved, exceeded, you know, and underperformed. Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. they expanded it from three categories to five categories. And you were the one or you were the five. But, you know, a certain percentage Mm -hmm. had to fall within those, Mm -hmm. those buckets. So how they decided that, I think, had less to do with your actual work. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that there was a real meritocracy. So I guess that would be part of the ugly mm-hmm. and the bad as well. But you had no idea, right? Because going back to going in without any relationships, you didn't know, no one told you that that was the case. Absolutely. So I was considered an industry hire. So okay. there are a couple types of hires uh, within the company. If you were straight out of college, you were a college hire and you got way more support. If you were someone who had some experience and they were hiring you for your direct experience, you were considered an industry hire. And if you were an industry hire, you were just expected to know and and navigate and figure things out on your own. Um, But again, I didn't realize at the time, and really I didn't realize until much later in my career at Microsoft, that the mentors and the sponsors hmm. were absolutely critical to your, your career. Well, let's talk about that for a little bit and pause on that. So you, with, you mentioned mentors, sponsors, and, and networking with the right people. How do you know who to trust? There's a lot of people, and they could be in high positions of power, as well as your peers and those below you in rank, um, of all those people that you worked with, what was your experience in navigating and determining who you could trust versus not trust? That, honestly, I can't even say I mastered when I left. It was, it was very difficult. Um, mostly because, again, I wanted in my own little way to have some level of comfort. Mm-hmm. Often I might be the only one in my group, again, the only one in the meeting, the only one in the room, the hall, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I gravitated toward people that looked like me. Mm-hmm. That has proven to be good and bad. I'll give you an example of both. Yeah, uh, that'll be great. On the bad, uh, back at GM, I got to know some older ladies uh, that were in the group that I worked in. And you know, they, one lady had like a little side business where she would sell me, you know, she sold clothes or something on the side. And so I would buy. <laughs> this was before eBay. <laughs> exactly. And so I would buy them from her. So, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, and then she went to a church that I knew of. And so I just assumed, you know, you know, Christian woman, church, black, you know, this was like a motherly type to yeah. me. She was something. Trustworthy. I, exactly. She yeah. was trustworthy. What I found out later, though, uh, as I was leaving the group that she was in, the manager, she was trying to block me from moving to a different group. And she told me at the end, she said, don't you think for a minute that you can talk about me behind my back with these people that I've worked with for over 20 years and they not tell me what you said? To this day, I had no idea what was said. Yeah. You know, most of our conversations was around them trying to sell me stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> you go figure. Yeah. Um, 
on a positive uh, note, some of my best friends have come out of me gravitating toward those people of yeah. color, especially at Microsoft. You know, I have some friendships that I have to this day. They've left the company. They've left the state. Mm-hmm. Some have left the country. You know? Yeah. But I still have those those friendships, and they they've been very meaningful. And they are ones that you know shared a common thread, shared a common struggle, and so you know the trust factor was easier to gain mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, but how how um. You know, if you were to kind of say what percentage of those were, you know, people of color that were trustworthy versus not, would oh. you say the majority would be? I would say the majority. Would yeah. Be. So you had some bad experiences, though, to kind of caution people that exactly that still could happen, even if they check all the boxes culturally. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that should never be your only criteria. And you know, now that I've gotten older and I'm much more mature, I absolutely believe that you should intentionally expand, you know, your network and get to know people of other cultures mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. other backgrounds and things of that mm-hmm. nature. Now, of course, yeah, you can't trust everybody. You you can't trust people with your deepest, darkest secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, without and, and discerning first. Exactly. You know. And yeah. you know really taking the time to get to know them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, what about the folks that are in positions of power? Right? I mean, I feel like the effort it takes to to get to them and to even have conversations with them had to be have been hard. You know, absolutely. if you're not in, in you're not in those circles. Absolutely. Um, what were some of the challenges that you had and then also some of the maybe the highlights, you know, that that where you did see that work, mm-hmm. you know, as well as the ugly where mm-hmm. because you didn't get access to someone, you know, it, it impacted you negatively. Well, one thing that I had to realize is that everybody's clamoring. For- mm. Yeah, you're not the only one. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And everybody's clamoring for their attention. And so they themselves, you know, they can only expend so much energy to help so many people. Mm. And so when you gather the nerves to ask someone <laughs> to mentor you, you absolutely positively have to lead that the, the discussions that you have. You know, you don't want to go into a meeting and say, you know, hey, so how was your weekend? You, you don't have time for mm-hmm. that. You know, it has to be targeted, direct, and Hey, listen, I am interested in, you know, moving to this group. Do you mm-hmm. know anybody? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you recommend? How can I get up to speed? What How can skills I... do you need? Exactly. Yeah. You know, but you want to be the driver of that relationship because their time is precious, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. like paying an attorney $500 an hour. You want to consider it that way because their time is really valuable and they only have so much time. So if they have you know, afforded you mm-hmm. an hour of their time, you got to treat it like it's gold. Yeah. How do you um, even court them into being your mentor? Uh, I just, okay. You know, but, you know, you don't want to say mentor in general, right? right. I right. need mentoring in networking. Uh-huh. I need mentoring in, you know, increasing my, um, my impact, mm-hmm. you know, as they say in my um, 
whatever the the buzzwords of the day were. Core competency. Exactly. Exactly. Because oftentimes, I mean, the corporate world is an entity in and of itself. And you don't always, you know, you can't always speak the language. I remember when I first arrived at Microsoft and it was just rainy and, you know, I was an industry hire again. So they weren't giving me all the you know, the, the red the, carpet treatment. Exactly. <laughs> and they talked in three-letter acronyms, right? They can have an entire sentence made completely of three-letter acronyms, and you're looking at them like, what? What language is that? <laughs> Are they speaking yeah, English? Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, you, yeah, you know, paying attention to, you know, who's going to lunch with whom, you mm. know, who's going to lunch with the manager. You know, being observant. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely want to be observant of relationships. And, you know, it's it's difficult for me to be disingenuous. Mm. Uh, and so. Yeah, I find that pretty hard, too. Yeah, to be fake and exactly. To just go after someone and brown nose and exactly. say all these things. Exactly. And so, you know, it takes getting to know them because they're human, too. Right? And they know that people are after them. Be- what they can do for their career. So being someone who is genuinely interested in something that they're interested in, you know, those are the things that, the, the connections and the, the, the things that will kind of bind you together. And nowadays, I, I think there's also a component in it that kind of have to position it as what, what's in it for them. Yes. And, you know, I think now that there's a, a light shown on a, diversity Mm -hmm. and the lack of thereof, Mm -hmm. especially uh, uh, women of color and and African-American women of color in particular. If I were a a white manager or a senior leader and a a woman of color is coming to me for mentorship or Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, sponsorship, and I see them as someone that I would want to be associated Mm -hmm. with for whatever reason, then I would be more apt to give my time, mm-hmm. my energy, my resources, my sponsorship, just because, just by virtue of that, even if it's a checkbox for them, they ha- they get something out of it. True. Now, have you found that there's other res- reasons why they kind of gravitate toward you back then? Not really. I, I Truthfully, I was so fearful of asking just questions. Yeah. Because right? I didn't want to appear ignorant of something that I probably should have known. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't realize is that, you know, they had their things that they didn't know as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I think it's imperative that you learn how to ask questions. And even if they say no, you yeah. know, maybe they can recommend someone. Right. Might be somebody on their leadership team yeah. who has bandwidth. Or who, you know, they may ask directly, you know, you could ask for a warm intro mm-hmm. you know, or ask to, for them to kind of coordinate it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned earlier about code switching and um, learning to code. What's, what are some of the examples that you have of that, uh, Microsoft? Oh, gosh. So, <laughs> again, the, the, what do we call them? The, uh, Core competencies? Yes, the core competencies. Collaboration. That was a huge one. So under normal circumstances, and in my mind, I imagine that collaboration is working together. Yeah. Yeah, Well, that was was a code word. Okay. Uh, And 
collaboration was something that happened in theory. And I say in theory because of the way the stack ranking and the rewards were given. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the year, you know, you have to ask for people to give you feedback and people Mm -hmm. give, you know, you give them feedback. And if you are competing for that same bucket of money, Mm -hmm. then you might be a little less inclined to give me honest, you know, feedback, helpful feedback. Or you might put in there some random negative feedback. Exactly. (laughs) You know, to make, you know, to paint me in not such a a great light. So, you know, to me that that was that was rhetoric. Yeah, just not, like not collaborate. Exactly. Just like, you know, oftentimes in the tech world, diversity and inclusion are rhetoric. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you have, you know, people that are of the majority leading that effort. If you're talking about diversity, then you're probably not doing it. That's right. Yeah. So I guess some other code words would be like impact and influence. And they were code in the sense that, you know, they throw them in your review and say, oh, she's not doing this. And or you couldn't articulate how you were doing that, the Mm -hmm. impact that you had. And And also impact is so subjective, depending on whether or not they've seen your impact. Exactly. Right. So you you might be having impact with um, this group and it's incredible. But if they haven't seen it or experienced it. It doesn't count. Exactly. It's like it never even happened. Another one, I guess, um, a co-code word for collaboration would be team player. You know, they might say, oh, she's not a team player. Mm -hmm. And you might not be a team player because you're not going out and having beers and hanging out with, you know, your coworkers on the weekend. Yeah. Um, And quite honestly, that's where a lot of decisions are made. Again, things I didn't know at the time, so they really came back to bite me in the end. Now, what are some of the, like, kind of looking back, what are some of the things that you wish you could have told yourself back Ooh. then? First of all, don't switch your major. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it out. Get How long help. did it take you to get through oh, school? Oh, gosh. So I started college in 90. I dropped out in 93, and then I went part-time from there on. I finished my... And I think I started um, the second program in 1995, and so I didn't finish until 2001. Oh, wow. 11-year journey. Yeah. And then I started my master's in 2002 and finished in 2005. So I was working and going to school at the the same time. time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I tell myself, while you have an opportunity to just go to school, just go to school. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Uh, I'd also tell my younger self. Learn to network. Mm. Learn mm-hmm. to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because if you're comfortable all the time, no matter what your your mm-hmm. group is, if you're comfortable all the time, then something is wrong. Stretch yourself a little bit, exactly. right? And then to your point about earlier, I like what you said about you know it's it's important to have your support network to yes. have people that look like you that understand your experience. That you can go to when you have a bad day. Mm-hmm. But it's also important to constantly be making that larger. Right. And including people that don't look like you, don't come from the same background of different cultures and ethnicities and even just different viewpoints. Uh, it's helpful to do that. So I absolutely agree. That's a, that's a crucial thing. 
Right. And I also tell my younger self, be flexible. Mm. Don't get so fixated on a particular role or a particular title or a particular degree. Be flexible. Uh, people will come to discourage you, but you don't have to accept what they said. I, I'll never forget when I won the scholarship to my private high school. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I had 4.0 grade point average. I was in, you know, you academic were games. Than <laughs> <laughs> I was in academic games and, you know, just all sorts of stuff. And my counselor told me face to face. And he used to call everybody friend because he couldn't remember any of our names. But he, he said to me, he said, oh, you got A's in public school. Well, that translates to C's in private school. Ouch. Right. So, you know, I guess it was a way of him, you know, relieving me of any expectations of, I don't know, excelling here. You know, like the, the bar is lower for you here and you oh don't have to gosh. accept that. That's how demotivating. Yes, it was very demotivating. And it's just not cool. And it's just not what you say to any any high school kid. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I uh, was, what, 15 at the time? So make sure you build your network. I, I think what I've learned as I've gotten older is that getting to know people, asking them about them, their backgrounds and themselves does not hurt. Mm-hmm. And you don't do it when you need it. It's like mm-hmm. credit. You know, if you if you go for credit when you need it, you look desperate. Mm-hmm. When you try to uh, network when you absolutely need people, then you look desperate. But if you're genuinely trying to get to know people, that's networking. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. people try to make it out to be more than what it actually is. But networking really is important because, you know, we're what they say three degrees of separation, you know. Especially in the tech industry, that is so true. Exactly, exactly. And who you went to school with or who you know could one day end up being your manager or being someone who says, hey, I know her work. I'm going to, you know, bring her on. So don't at all be afraid to network. Yeah, and I also think that, you know, your, your network doesn't just help you, but it also helps other people like you. Yes. And so you're able to connect a friend with another person. I mean, that helps the community out, not just you in your own career path. Exactly. And then you're also able to bring them in, you know, and, and it just spreads the love. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, two other things I'd say to my younger self. One, keep your eyes open. Be observant. You know, there's something that you might see that others don't see mm-hmm. that could naturally catapult you you know, in terms of your career, as opposed to you having to step on toes and, you know, be deceitful just to get ahead. That's just not, you know, I like to sleep at night and I (laughs) want a clear conscience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, you know, as a a Christian, you Mm -hmm. know, that's something you can struggle with. But just keeping your eyes open and being observant Mm -hmm. and not necessarily, you know, just telling them, you know, all your good ideas. (laughs) Somebody Mm -hmm. can take them and, you know, present them as their own, but, you know, fully developing them, but being observant. Uh, The other, um, I guess the last thing, and it kind of expands on that, find where you fit in and find where you can add value. Mm -hmm. You know, 
The things that we're seeing coming out now were probably developed 10 years ago Mm -hmm. in the tech space, Mm -hmm. right? So there is room for you. You know, even the Bible tells us that our our gift will make room for us, Mm -hmm. right? So again, you don't have to step on toes. You don't have to be deceitful. You don't have to do things that, you know, if people found out, you'd be really embarrassed Mm -hmm. (laughs) about. So. That, that's what I would tell So maintain your integrity in yes. the process, yes. but be, be observant and look for opportunities where you can add value and shine. Yes, and, and be authentically mm-hmm. you. You know, there's a, another code word that, that we hear uh, in interviews, and that's cultural fit, right? right. And it's really a word that's used oh, to— Oh, that's a heavy yes, code word. Yes, yes. yes. It's, it's really used to, you know— really keep you out, right? Exactly. Because if you didn't go to the school I went to, if you, you know, didn't live in the neighborhood that I lived in, then uh, you're not a cultural fit. But Or if you don't talk the way I talk and you smell a certain way or look a certain way. Right. And just know, you know, one man's junk is another man's treasure. That might not be the role for you. That might not be the company for you. And that's okay because there will be someone, there will be, you know, a company that really appreciates what you have to bring to the table as you are without, you know, the code switching, without trying to be someone who you're not or trying to emulate someone who you're not, you Mm -hmm. know, so. At the same time, though, I think that that's a a good call out, something that could easily be used to discriminate yes. and to keep out talented people of color. Exactly. And, and it's, a, it's very much uh, unconscious bias, yes. which is code word for racism. Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> we will keep it at that. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, I think the, uh, as a hiring manager, it's important to have uh, the emotional awareness that that is a something that's happening. You're judging someone based on your cultural fit definition, which may not be universal and also may not be something that is really important. And flies in the face of diversity and inclusion. Exactly. Exactly. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Jerry, for sharing your experience. I hope the listeners uh, enjoyed it as much as I did. And, uh, Join us for the next episode. Thank you for joining us. Until then. Bye now. Thank you for joining us today. If you're enjoying our podcast, hit the like button and subscribe. You can also follow us on social media at Waiting to Download on Facebook and Instagram. Yes, please share our podcast with your family, friends, and even your enemies. Opinions are our own and do not represent any organization we are part of.